the Minister of Home Affairs, Dr. Rolim Musali. Thank you so much for your time for joining us on Ubuntu Radio. The President announcing quite an, a, a number of interventions as far as to improve our visa regime as far as business is concerned. Will that say is that the system needed to be overhauled because it was not working or you needed to tighten up the, the screws? Both and several. You'll, realize, you'll remember that in the state of the nation address, the President announced that under the Volintela project, the Volintela project in the presidency is a project that opens you know, the way for investment and for the growth of the economy. Some of the impediments will be in legislation, in policies, and practices, and processes. Basically, those are government processes. Now, the aim of the committee that the president uh, appointed, coincidentally, it was chaired by the former director general of Home Affairs, who have been working there and who knows all the legal and policy impediments, to sit down and look at the visa regime and say, this one is not necessary. This one, this is what we can do. Now, he gave us a report which has got several recommendations. And we accepted them and we are busy implementing them. For instance, one of them, some of them look very simple, but they can retard things. When you apply for a visa in South Africa, it was required that you must have a, a chest X-ray. You know, We have done away with that, but it was a requirement. The other requirement was that if you are, for instance, working for a multinational company, you move through countries around the world, the requirement was that in any country that you ever stayed for 12 years, a police clearance from that country was needed, as long as you stayed there for 12 years. Do you know how long is it to run around the world wherever you have been asking for a police clearance? We have now changed that. You say only if you have stayed in that country for five years, not 12 months. Did I say 12 years before? I wanted to say months, just for a year. If you had just stayed for a year, you had to go and look for a police clearance. Now we are saying only if you have stayed for five years, because that's long enough for you to have done something. Then you'll need a police clearance. Otherwise, it means in the new regime, we'll only get the police clearance from you, from the original country where you originated. All the others we have visited, as long as you stayed for less than five years, we want nothing from that from you. That is quite an advancement. But the last and the, the biggest of them all is what you call a trusted employer scheme. That basically means the company that is applying to bring people here gives itself a visa. That's what it means. And I'll explain why. When you apply for a visa, there are quite a number of requirements which we need to prove. For instance, if you say I've got a master's, why should you take you at your weight? We need to go to South African Qualifications Authority and compare. Is this master's in that country the same as the master's in South Africa? Can we regard this person as having a master's? All those experience, competency level, we have to investigate on our own. In the trusted employer scheme, the companies themselves must do that. We stay back. They must go and get all that information because they are the ones who want this person. They must go and bring all that information and then bring it to us and say, this person has got a master's, this is what it means, this person has got this experience and all that. Once they give it to us, then the visa is as good as given. Yeah. There's only one provision, one, that if we find them to have lied, 
or defrauded, then we take over that that benefit altogether from that company. Then they can no longer benefit from it altogether. So that's why we call it the trusted employer scheme. Minister, I want you to comment on the multi-entry visa in terms of the business people that wants to invest in this country who are frequenting the, the country. In terms of wh what is happening on that front, in terms of allowing business people to come in and out, because some of them are saying that, uh, you know, we need to apply every time we want to come to South Africa, even though we have got investment in the country. What's happening on that front? If they have applied for a Rome visa, that will happen. Because we give them three visas. It's not all the time. And I, I was surprised when uh, Business Unity South Africa, uh, Business Leadership South Africa was same, something else that were impeding investment. In the last investment summit, the one like here today, the last one, the last year one by the president, 19 companies pledged, as are the company, just like the companies that pledged today. I'm sure you were in the hall. 19 companies pledged and, and, and many smaller ones. Between them, they gave us 3,090 experts, you know, engineers, accountants, technicians, who needed to come to South Africa to start implementing those investments, 3,090. In October last year, we gave all of them visas to come here. And I'm surprised that now, six months later, it's all over the news that South, uh, Home Affairs is impinging investment. I said, but what is this? Then there was the French teachers who were coming to the French international school here. We also heard that we were denying them visas. When we knew that there were 29 of them, 10 applied directly from Paris, 9 came via a treaty visa, the other 10 applied from here, there are 29. We all gave them those visas in January, and we are hearing now in April that no, we are impeaching a, a business. Then comes the work visa. Then comes the work visa. Yeah. The, the number of people who had applied for the work visa were 642, and we've completed 601. We've, we've, number, yeah. 601 we've completed, that almost 90%. Yeah. Right. Then comes the, the issue of business visas. There were 108 we had completed eight, you are left with 29. So you, you actually, and, and when we give this figure, somebody said, no, we are prevaricating, we are befuddling the issue. I still need to sit down and understand what this is all about. What they are actually talking about are people who want to come here who had got no, I mean, no, they are not coming for business. Mm. For instance, because the DG showed them that we've got a backlog of 54,000. That backlog we built during COVID. There's no country that did not build it. During COVID, the U.S. built a backlog of 400,000 visas. Canada built a backlog of 2.1 million visas. Every country has had that backlog. Because remember, during COVID, there was no traveling. Yeah. So you could issue a visa. There was no traveling altogether. It was banned, and most of our offices were closed anyway. So we built that backlog. Now, when we lifted the disaster last year, 97,000 people applied just last year, 97,000. We completed 43,000 of them. We are left with 44. I mean, 50, uh, we are left with this uh, 54 because we have completed the, the, the rest of them.
and then we are told to be in pitting business. Now, when you give these figures, they say, no, 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 you are obfuscating, you are obfuscating the facts. What are the facts? Maybe somebody must give me what are the facts. Out of that 54,000, that's the backlog which we received last year. 24,000 are spouses. People who want to come here to join their partners. And some of the partners they want to join are not necessarily South African. Yeah. I'm sorry, are not necessarily investors. They are South African men who happen to have obtained, I mean, to have met somebody somewhere as a partner and that partner wants to come here. Yeah. Yes. How does that impede investment? It's like you, if you get a girlfriend in another country and she applies to come and join you here. If there's a bit of a delay, how does that impede business? It, it beats me. 9,000 are spouses who are just coming to join their partners with no work. This 24,000 actually are demanding that. Give me a visa that will enable me, entitle me actually, that will entitle me to get a job in South Africa. Yes. And, and do you know how many South Africans are unemployed? Should I just jump and go to get somebody from another country and, and say, I'm giving you a visa, it entitles you to a job? So we have to sit and think very carefully about that. 1,220 are people who are coming here to, 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 to retire. They are asking for retirement visas. And as to, now, when they say all those figures are obfuscation, I don't know what it means because figures never lie. They tell a language, they give a language. Minister, let, let's finally talk about the work that you do. A number of foreign missions, you do have officials uh, who are processing that um, important visas as well. In terms of capacity, do you have capacity in, in different missions across the world? This is what happened in foreign missions. I have, when, when Reverend, the so-called uh, uh, pastor, uh, uh, prophet, I think he's a pastor, Bushiri, when he escaped, we found that his permanent residence was given fraudulently. Well, I've already fired people who gave me that, that fraudulent, what you call. But then I ask, who else? The people who are working permitting wrote a petition that I must remove the, the head of counter-corruption because she was arresting them. They said, no, she must be removed. She must stop investigating their errors, telling me that actually they are committing errors. Whether there were errors of corruption, but it's wrong. So I put together a team that was headed by the former director general in the presidency, Kishias Lubisi, working with people from the Scorpions and people who were investigators for, 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 for the Zondo Commission. We put them together. Then they discovered some of the corruption that was happening in the foreign missions. Just issuing, because we allowed them to issue visas and we discovered they were issuing them corruptly. We stopped that process and centralize the visas. Obviously, when you centralize, it definitely can be efficient. But we do not do it forever. We centralize and look at the areas of corruption and see how to plug the loopholes and put up structures to prevent that corruption. After putting up those structures, we then decentralize again and allow our missions because we knew that now we're ready. Anybody who does corruption will catch him. Surely, nobody expect that for the smooth running of visas. You should just leave it to go on, if, even if you know that corruption is being committed. Yeah. That can be good for the country. So we stopped it for that time being, but we have given them. In, in 10, we have trained 62 people, as I'm saying, talking now. Yeah. They've just completed their training a few days back, a few days ago. All of them are going to be deployed to the foreign missions. 
after undergoing that extensive training. The other thing we've done for business, we've realized that interpreting, I mean, giving visas in South Africa, it means you must interpret the Immigration Act passed in 2002. You must also interpret PAJA, you know, promotion of fair administrative justice. You need to interpret it. You must also interpret the South African Constitution. You must also interpret international conventions. And we've then discovered that lots of people are struggling in there. And we've then decided that this is the job for lawyers. So we appointed 18 lawyers, people who are legally uh, uh, qualified. But we, we said we are not just, simply because they are lawyers, we are not just letting them through. We spent the whole of March training them in visas, international conventions, PAJA and all that. They are ready. They've, they've spent a month in training. They've now started work on the 1st of April. What they are going to do are business visas. All the people who want to invest here who have got business interests, their visas are going to be done by those lawyers. Because it's easier to teach a lawyer about PAJA, about the convention, about than an ordinary person who's just hired as an official in home affairs and is suddenly faced with all this myriad of acts, you know. So when you told, you, you asked me about whether what we're doing is wrong in impeding uh, 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 visas, it's the law, you are the laws of the country. So we look at them and say the person who can best interpret the laws of the country is a lawyer. Yeah. That's why we have got those 19 lawyers. Then the others will do ordinary visas which are not very complex yeah. and will post them to the missions overseas. But missions are now allowed to issue visas. That's quite important. Let me thank you so much for your time, Minister. Thank you very much.